Hello, Smart Planners. Today is a special edition of the Smart Planning 101 podcast, where host of the popular radio show and podcast, Money for Lunch, Bert Martinez interviews me. In this interview, he asked me some great questions like, what is the difference between elder law and estate planning? And do I really need a will? Bert also gets a great wake up call about his own estate planning by the end of the show. Thanks for joining us. It's time to face facts. Getting older can be scary. And when you, your spouse, or your parents are getting up there in age, being unprepared can turn the golden years into the darkest years of your life. That's why the Smart Planning 101 podcast is here to shed some light on intelligent estate planning, strategic financial decision-making, healthcare options, and all things related to growing older with dignity. Here's your host, elder law attorney, Nicole Whip. Well, guys, we're back. We are hoping to have Nicole Whip join us here momentarily, and uh, here she is. So, uh, as I was mentioning earlier, Nicole Whip is this elder law attorney, and I'm excited to have her on the show because I think, especially now that I'm not quite an elder, I'm 50, but I'm getting close. Uh, so, so I'm excited to have Nicole Whip. Nicole, welcome to Money for Lunch. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. Okay, so. When I introduced you, I said Nicole Whip is a VA accredited elder attorney. Now, is it VA or is it Virginia? Walk me through what VA is. Yeah, it's in this scenario. So, yes, it's VA as in Veterans Administration. So, I'm accredited by the Veterans Veterans Administration. Administration. I got you. That's correct. Gotcha. Okay. Let's talk about this because consumers don't seem to understand the difference between elder law and estate planning. So, walk us through the difference. Well, it might be different for different attorneys. However, I would say that one of the biggest differences in the general sense is that other law attorneys are really looking to focus not just on death planning, which is what I would call traditional estate planning, but also looking to focus on life planning. So what to do, what we can do to help improve the quality of life for an individual or a couple during their lives, the legal tools that we can use to provide um, quality of life to people. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So let me ask you this. What do people need to know about planning for the need for long-term care? Because, you know, with today's technologies and medicines and nutrition plans, we are living much, much longer. Yeah, that's right. I mean, longevity has doubled since the turn of the century and increased 10 years between in the 1990s alone. So we are looking at living longer and longer. And I frequently will have people say to me, well, I never expected to live this long. So planning for long-term care is essential because the fact of the matter is, is that all of us can expect to experience a period of disability in our lives with modern medicine being what it is. And so whether that disability be short or long or major or minor, you know, none of us know, none of us have a crystal ball, but disability is more likely than just dying suddenly. And so that's the first thing. But also then understanding that then the potential need for long-term care can really be the single biggest threat to a person's long-term financial security. I think one of the biggest fears that people have is outliving their money. And long-term care is expensive. 70% of people over 65 are expected to need long-term care for a year or more. And almost one in 10 seniors are going to need to use long-term care for 
five or more years. And so you're looking at costs of thousands of dollars a month. It's a big deal because Medicare, for the most part, does not pay for long-term care. Yeah, and and I think that we call it. It's only going to get. I suspect I should say that it's only going to get harder now with the Affordable Care Act. That uh, we're going to see maybe some changes when it comes to this long-term health care and stuff like that. Let me ask you this: When it comes to elder law, when you know what is the age that your clients tend to fall into? Is that 65 and above? Is it 70 and above? What is elder law, or does it really have an age group? Well, from, from, I always tell people elder law, I, I actually don't like the phrase elder law because I say that, you know, once you start hitting 40, this is an issue that you should really start looking at. You should start looking at more complex estate planning than just your simple, you know, will kind of estate planning. Um, but I would say that most of my clients are 65 and above, but I just think that that's partly because people really don't know. People don't know. They don't think about it. There is a very big head-in-the-sand approach to all of this. Um, none of us want to think about our own vulnerabilities, right? And so it's usually right. not something people want to think about unless they're forced to think about it. Yeah, absolutely correct. I mean, we, we all, you know, uh, that's the, what do you call it, the, the one thing that, frightens all of us is thinking about our deaths and, and all this other stuff, so we're going to put that off and not worry about it. Let me ask you this. When it comes to, because you mentioned having a will, so in today's world, is a will still a ballot instrument? I, I know it's still used quite a bit, so I don't mean ballot in that sense, but it's not, I guess I should say it's probably not a, uh, you know, maybe the best way of distributing your your assets to the heirs i had uh i had dinner with an attorney uh who said if you have a will all that means is that it that your assets will go to probate and cost your estate more money would that be that is awesome yeah oh absolutely i mean i always tell people you know that's actually one of the biggest myths out there is that people believe that if they have a will they're going to avoid probate the exact opposite is in fact through. A will is your ticket into probate court. And the problem is, is probate is a state process. It's a legal process. It takes a long time. It's expensive. Um, you know, even for most simple probate estates, the amount that it costs to go through probate can be as much or more as just creating a simple trust, which a trust is an instrument that's designed to avoid probate. And so a will for most people, even though a lot of people always say you need a will, you need a will, I can tell you that most of my clients don't choose wills only because it is not the right thing for them when they are educated about why or what they might want to choose. I, I certainly don't have a will. I, you know, I, you know, we have. Uh, I forgot what is it a trust or irrevocable? Yeah, irrevocable trust. We have a revocable living trust. Yeah, which is what most people that have trust have. (laughs) Yeah, a revocable living trust. See, and isn't that funny? Like you don't even know what you have, but you're common. Well, you know what? And and, and the reason for that is because it is something that my wife and I did about ten years ago, and we filed it. You know, our attorney did it. He filed it with the recorder's office, and and you know. It's done. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't know if we need to funny. update it. You know, 
lot in it. Well, we haven't looked at it, like I said, in about 10 years, maybe 12 years. Well, and I'll tell you, the average, really, for most people is 20 years. So if you're inclined to look at it anytime soon, you're going to be ahead of the game because most people, it's 20 years before they look at their estate planning again. Well, but that's another point here is that estate planning is not one and done. Or at least it should not be. And I, but I think that most. Wait, wait, say that again. Say that again. It's not one and done. Like you don't just do it once and then that's it. Like you, you've done your death planning and that's it. You know, it, it, it's a, it's a thing that should evolve as your life evolves, just as financial planning should evolve as your life evolves. Um, and. And that's another point, too, that I really want to make sure is that, you know, a lot of times people will confuse financial planning with estate planning. And part of the reason is because I think a lot of financial planners call their planning estate planning. But you can't confuse financial estate planning with legal finance, with legal estate planning, I'm sorry, because they are very different things. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, okay, having said that, let's talk about this. What are some of the asset protection strategies used by attorneys like yourself or, or elder law attorneys? Well, there are an infinite amount of asset protection strategies that can be used. And actually, let's talk about why somebody would even want to use an asset protection strategy. And the reason is to go back to the okay. issue related to long-term care planning. Because, um, you know, in my area, for example, my market area, the average cost of a nursing home is about $8,500 a month. And wow. So people always say, well, I'm not going to go on Medicaid. Medicaid's for poor people. You know, people say this. Um, but the right. fact of the matter is, is I always say at $8,500 a month, how fast are you going to become a poor people? You know? Because, <laughs> right? Because that is not just right. change we're talking about here. That's a lot of money. And by the way, you have to pay it out of pocket because Medicare only pays 100 days at the most. And so unless you have wow. long-term care insurance, it is coming out of your pocket. If anybody's listening to me, you must hear this. It's so important to understand. The nursing home is a bill that comes out of your pocket unless Medicaid pays or long-term care insurance. So for that reason, there are different types of asset protection strategies used by elder law attorneys. Not all elder law attorneys will employ all of them, but there are certain types, certain types of irrevocable trusts. Some are completely irrevocable. There are other types of irrevocable trusts that actually um, the grantors, which would be you, the, the person that, whose trust it is, can have a lot of control over it, even though we call it an irrevocable trust. Um, it's not completely irrevocable in the sense that people believe it to be. Um, there are strategies that we can employ at the time somebody goes into the nursing home to preserve assets for the at-home spouse to keep them out of poverty, because this is the thing. At least in, this is in my state, and so this is a federal law that's administered by the different states. But in my state, for example, the most that you're going to be able to keep as an at-home spouse by law federally, if you're just doing what we call a spend-down, is around $117,000, your house and your car. That's what the at-home spouse is allowed to keep. And when I say $117,000, I mean in total assets, retirement, Wow. Cash in the bank. You know, if you have a second house, 
the value of that, you know, your cottage or your, you know, your Florida, your Florida getaway, you know, we're talking total value, $117,000 of value plus your house and your car, okay? Now, if you're single, meaning no longer married, whether through divorce or the death of your spouse, the most you're going to be able to keep, and this is nationwide, is $2,000, a house and a car, period. That is just sick. Oh, Yeah. And this is why, I mean, I'll tell you this. I'm like on a mission about this. People do not understand the serious. That's why I said at the beginning of the show, it's a single biggest threat to your long-term financial security. I said that. This, that is the reason right. why, right there. And so attorneys like myself help clients depending on where they are, right? So for somebody like yourself, I would be doing a totally different strategy than for somebody that's in their 70s or 80s, um, if they, especially if they were sick already. There would be a different discussion, right? It's a very personalized approach about what's right for you and in your level of um, assets and the types of assets you have. There's a lot of factors that go into it. And it's a complex type of planning but can literally save people hundreds of thousands of dollars, like literally. Well, and, and not only are you going to save people hundreds of thousands of dollars, but also there's the the emotional toll that something like this takes takes uh, takes, right? I mean, you, have, you know, because if you worked all your life and now you're you're losing all this money, or you know, you're all of a sudden you're thrown into the situation that you know nothing about. It can be overwhelming, and, oh, and, and it is. you know you get what's that? Oh, it is. I mean, people's stress level is to the nth degree when they come into my office. There's no question. No, yeah, and I can see that. I mean, you're panicked. Uh, you know, you're 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 completely out of your zone. You know, this is something that uh, that is just un. Uh, unbelievable, and, and again, it's one of those things that we definitely don't want to talk about. It's, you know, I mean, it's it's not death and taxes. It's really, uh, you know, death and sickness. We don't want to talk about these things. We, you know, it's it's just too, it's really just too horrifying to think about. Right, and yet. I always tell people, if you can't think about it for yourself, like if you're going to shy away and say, well, I just can't cope with this for myself, you really, though, need to think about the people that you say that you love. Because yes. this is the thing. You're not going to be the one that handles this. Your your spouse is going to be the one that handles it. Your kids are going to be the one that has to, have to handle this. And by the way, they're so stressed out when this happens. They're freaked out. They don't know what the right thing to do is. They don't know where to turn because I am telling you, Bert, the answers are not readily out there. They, they aren't. And, you know, people are afraid to go to an attorney. It's going to cost too much money. You know, blah, blah, blah. You people get horrible advice. Attorneys even will give people horrible advice because you have to have a specialty in this because it's very complex and you go to the wrong person, you can make a very bad decision in a very quick moment and it can cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, and, you know, so, and, and people realize this because they sort of read things on the internet like we always do and all of us do it. Right. And, and, and so I always say, you know, you don't want to think about it for yourself. Think about it for these people that are actually going to be the ones that have to deal with it when the time comes because you, it is not nice. It is not nice to do this to people you say you love. No, I love that. I, and, and, and I think that's, that is definitely the, you know, the big why right there. In, in part of the segment, you mentioned the why. And really, the reason that we do things is because of the why. The information 
you know, informs us, but the why is the, is the transformation. So do it for the ones that you love. Do it to protect yourself. Do it because, you know, when you're going through all this, you know, it's too late at this point. Maybe not too late, but it's definitely, you know, uh, you're, you're, you're behind the eight ball and you're trying, and you're trying to play catch up. Uh, you know, it's just an amazing thing. Uh, you know, but here's the other thing why I say it's an amazing thing is that this is, for most of us, it's going to happen on some level. You know, you have to plan for your state because sooner or later, I mean, this is one of those things that you can count on happening for most of us. Yes, some of us are going to die younger than we should, but guess what? You're still going to die. So why not plan ahead? You know, if, you know, you mentioned 40 and, 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 and um, you know, and I know for a lot of us, 40 seems like, man, that's so young, but guys, it, it comes around so quick. I mean, again, I said this earlier in the segment. I did this I did this when my wife and I were probably 38. Here I am, 51, and a blink of, in a blink of an eye, that time has gone by. And it, at least there's a measure of protection. But now after spending, you know, 15 minutes with you, uh, I am, you know, Nicole, now I'm going to, you know, go back and update my documents because things have changed. You know, when, when, well, as a matter of fact, to show, you how much, uh, to show you how much things have changed, when we did this original planning, I had three kids. I have five now. Things have changed. And they happen to be 13 years old, so I bet you that was the last time that we did updated our documents, 13 years ago, a blink of, a, a blink of an eye. Right, and are you positive that your plan has prepared for the fact that you have more children in your life? What if you've accidentally no, I can, them I, out I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you that it has not, you know, it, you know, it has not uh, been updated for five kids. It, it's only been updated for the three that we had at the time. And, you know, and so things have changed. Things have changed, and, and, and we need to update them. And, and now the great thing about it is all our kids are much older, so we could actually sit down with them and say, look, this is what we're thinking about. What do you guys think? And get their input on it. And, and you know, be prepared. And as you said, do it for your loved ones, if not for yourself, because that's ultimately what you're going to – that's all. That's ultimately – what you're going to do, you're going to, you're going to have that, you're going to leave that legacy. Well, you know, and that's really what it's all about. Hopefully you leave a legacy, Bert, right? Hopefully you leave a good legacy versus a legacy of destruction, right? (laughs) Well, right, because that's the thing is that traditional estate planning plans for if you have money, if at your death, right? And I think most people, especially people listening to your show, are going to make an assumption that there will be money at their death. Right, but what I'm trying to right. really also get to people is is this is the difference between an elder law attorney and a state planning attorney right here is that I don't make the assumption there's going to be money at your death because I know that you can lose it all to a long term health care crisis. That's right. And I don't care how much money you have, especially you know if you're under two million dollars of assets, you definitely can't tell me that you might not lose all your money to a health care crisis. No, no, I mean absolutely. You know they're. You know, two million dollars sounds like a lot, but in the reality, in in throes of of uh, of a disease and trying to manage that disease, two million dollars can go by very quickly. That's right. That's right. And so that's you know the things that we I I seek to educate people about, and make sure people understand. I mean, the real significant and serious consequences to failing to plan. 
And not only failing yep. to plan, but failing to plan in the right way. Because it isn't just about, you know, your cookie cutter documents that you can spit out online or whatever. I mean, doing this type of planning is not something that is a cookie cutter process. And um, I can say confidently that it's worth the investment. Cool, Rick, we're out of time. I want to thank you so much for stopping by. I'd love to bring you back another time and talk more about this. It, it is it is something that everybody should plan for. Nicole Whip, she can whip your estate. Ooh, I love it. I'm, I'm a genius when it comes to puns. Look at that. She can whip your estate into shape. Nicole Whip, thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you. Guys, we are done. Great stuff there by Elder Law Attorney Nicole Whip. Guys, do not. Do not stick your head in the sand and say, it's not going to happen to me. I'm going to do it tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. Do it today. Contact your attorney. Get your estate into, uh, into preparedness. Take care of your family. Remember, you were created to succeed. We'll see you here tomorrow. Now that you're starting to get the knowledge you need to make better planning decisions, don't let your journey stop there. Nicole's incredible guide, Five Tools You Need to Be Truly in Control of Your Future, includes smart planning options and worksheets you can gain access to right now. And the best part is you can download it for free by going to smartplanning101.com tools right now. Time is flying by, so don't wait another day to download this must-have guide. And we'll see you next time on the Smart Planning 101 podcast. The information contained within this podcast does not constitute legal or financial advice. It's for general informational purposes only. For advice specific to your situation, consult with your legal or financial professional.